if you have your Bibles, and turn with me this morning to John uh, chapter 3. And a very uh, familiar passage of Scripture. It's one that's not taught very often in churches. Um, you see, a lot of times um, we always want to talk in churches about things that we can do in the flesh. Uh, we don't ever want to talk about things that only God can do in our lives. Uh, because that would bring a fear of God to us, which we understood. And we've been teaching that without the fear of God, you cannot have a, uh, a born-again relationship with him without fearing him. Because the beginning of wisdom is fearing the Lord. The beginning of knowledge is fearing the Lord. So without this fear that he expects mankind to have, we cannot come and have a relationship with him like, we, like, we, uh, like he wants us to have instead most people have a relationship with him that the world and what man has told them, this is how you have a relationship with God, which is not a relationship as all, at all. So listen to this. This um, um, uh, spoke to me very, very clearly in my life. Um, and Jesus answered, and this is in chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus answered, truly, truly. So again, he didn't say just truly once. Sometimes I think when we read scripture, we go too fast. But he said truly, truly twice, which, again, he's trying to make an, a significant uh, uh, emphasis to Nicodemus. He's talking to a teacher of the law. He's talking to a, a very educated man uh, that knows, supposed to know everything about God. And yet, he answers him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So basically, what does that mean? Well, it means that when you were born, you received the nature of your father. The nature of your father is contrary to God. You're born dead in your trespasses of sin. So what he's talking about, you have to be born of the flesh. See, the angels don't get to participate in uh, this, this great gift that God gave us. Only human flesh. So that's why he says that you have to be born of the flesh. But then he also said that's not good enough. You have to be born of the Spirit. Okay? So now there's something here that Nicodemus is going to get puzzled with. Is that, wait a minute, you mean you have to be born again? Well, well yeah. You, 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 to have that relationship with God, it's something that only God can do. You have to be born again. And there is no way that man can determine when another man is saved. That's impossible. And I'm getting ready to back that up in Scripture where we in religion, we baptize somebody in some certain religion. We tell, oh, you're, you're, you're saved. You're a child of God. And then another one, we tell them to say a prayer uh, and they don't have a clue what they're saying. They're just, oh, I'm a sinner. Uh, just, God, I believe in you. And we understood that just believing in God does not, is not salvation. It's a part of it, but it's not salvation. And so we've allowed religion to determine when people are saved and they stand before God and he says, depart from me, I never knew you. And you look at what all, all those guys were doing. Man, we were casting out demons in your name. I mean, we, we, we gave our life for you. We sacrificed everything for you. And you say, depart from me, I never knew you. And yes, they were cast into the outer darkness where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. And this is the truth that must be spoken today in our churches in the fact that we've allowed men to determine when people are saved. And you can't do that. And I'm getting ready to back that up. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's all it can be. That's all you are. And the Bible says that you cannot please God in the flesh. Flesh has been condemned. 
So why does the churches go around condemning certain sins? It says we all sin and come short of God's glory. See, the purpose of a pastor is to enlighten. The purpose of you as a child of God and to be that light to a world is in to enlighten the world that they have been condemned, not to condemn them. There's a big difference in condemning someone and letting them know that there's a problem. Humanity has a problem and they have been condemned by God and God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish. So he sent him because of a, uh, of, of a reaping so we wouldn't be uh, accountable to this wrath that, that's coming to the unrighteous and to those that, that don't believe, that those that are not born again. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and Holy Father if you're not born again. That which is of the, uh, born of the flesh is flesh and that who is born of the Spirit is spirit. Don't be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from and where it is going. Can't be defined. The biblical truth here is that salvation cannot be defined. And yet, religion time and time again tells people that hey welcome to the kingdom of God if you believe hard enough you're going to heaven if you if you get baptized you're going to heaven if you do all the works that the church tells you to do you're going to heaven well no you're not you're going to hell the only reason you have a relationship is if you're born again and it says like this you don't know where it goes you don't know where it's there but you hear the sound of it and so is everyone who is born of the spirit you cannot define it. He has to define it in your life. And when his spirit bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of God, that and only that is a time that you are a child of God. And then the fruits of the spirit begin to blossom in your life. And then the flesh begins to emulate what's happened on the inside. And so many people come to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday instead of being the church. You're not to come to church. You're supposed to be the church. And the church comes to worship. And yet we sit there with frowns on our faces and oh man, it's been a hard morning getting here. And oh my, well we gotta go because if we don't go on Christmas, oh my gosh, God will not like us. God didn't like us from the beginning. <laughs> I can prove that too. He says he was sorry he ever made man. Because of his holiness and his righteousness and because of his promises, because God, God can't lie, we see the baby laying in a manger here. Don't be amazed. You must be born again. And Nick, Nick, here's what Nicodemus said to him. How can these things be? What, what, what are you, you're, 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 speaking, you're speaking a foreign language to me. I don't understand this. And it's amazing when you begin to talk about truth to religious people, the hair on the back of their necks go to stand up because you're threatening their eternity. They have no eternity. We're to enlighten these folks that if you've not had that born-again experience, you're going to die and go to hell. I don't care how many Sunday school classes you teach. I don't care how many sermons you preach. I don't care how many mission trips you go on. 
You have to separate what you think you're doing for God from the fact of what God has done for you. He says you are his workmanship, created by him for his good pleasure. He never asked me to do anything for him, to have a relationship with him. This was a holy, righteous decision that he made because man could not do something for themselves. He knew his wrath was coming and he knew he had to save mankind. But we're allowing religion, we're allowing men to tell us uh, everything about God instead of allowing the Holy Spirit. He says you need no man to teach you. He says, Jesus says, it's, it's to your advantage that I go away. He says, I'm going to send you a helper. And what's that helper do? He says it guides you and leads you into all truth. But yet we stop listening to the Holy Spirit somewhere along the way. And we begin to listen to men. And now we're going to stand before God. He says, depart from me. I never knew you. See, it's all in religion. Do you know him? When the truth is, does he know you? Does he recognize the spirit in you that he put in you? Because if he doesn't recognize that spirit in you, you'll be cast out into outer darknesses. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 1. It says, now in the sixth, and this is uh, in chapter 1 of Luke, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. She didn't aspire to be the mother of Jesus. God just decided that this is who's going to be the mother of Jesus. She didn't do a lot of work. She didn't do a lot of religious stuff. She wasn't part of the priesthood. She was some little, little old girl out there that found favor with God. But she was very perplexed to statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation was this. See, a lot of times we don't ponder on the word of God. See, there's even truth in this little passage of scripture is that when you hear a word from God, do you ponder it? Do you ever, in your quiet time, were you just reading the scriptures? See, you can be in the word of God every single day and still be lost. You can be a teacher of the word of God and still be lost. It's not how much you're in the word, it's how much the word gets into you. And do you ever ponder the things of God when he speaks to you or trying to teach you something? But she pondered it. What kind of salutation is this? And the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall, uh, you shall name him Jesus. Wow. A miraculous birth. This has never happened before. The world has never seen anything like this. Here's a virgin that is going to be with child. How can that happen? Almost perplexing as, as Nicodemus was. How can we be born again? Something new to the world. Something that man can't do. And yet, God came to us in the flesh. See, his birth is different than my birth and your birth because he was born of the Spirit. But he's also born in the flesh. You and I are just born in the flesh. And unless we're born again, we're not born in the Spirit. This is why Jesus is different than you and me. 
He couldn't sin if he even wanted to because his nature would not allow him. You and I are born with the nature to sin. See, the religious world likes to pick on the sins. I say it's a greater sin not to come in here and worship or just as bad of a sin to come in here and not prepare to worship than it is the homosexual or the thief or the fornicator like we've talked before. But see, the church doesn't want to hear that. The church, the church just wants to focus, uh, and, I call, and I put that church in parentheses because there's only one church. There's a universal church and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ who is head of that church and you're only born into that church. You don't get to join it. But this miraculous birth, an incredible miraculous birth, guess what? That's not the miracle we're to celebrate. Not the miracle that we're to celebrate. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Jesus Christ did not come to save you. He came to the nation of Israel to save the nation of Israel, period. That's the only reason Jesus came was for that nation of Israel. God sent him for that. Now, God had other plans. It was to save the sins of all mankind because he grafted me and you in. But we have to put this in perspective as the Bible teaches it, not as man teaches it. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, not the Gentiles. It's God's mercy that grafted me and you in. When Paul went to the house, uh, I mean, uh, when Peter went to the house of Cornelius, and he saw that the Holy Spirit came and rebirthed those people the Holy Spirit came upon them and in them and they became new creatures. You got to be born again. Let's look at Luke 10, 17. I'm going to back this up. You say, well, wow, how does this have anything to do with this passage of scripture? It says, the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. See, there was evil way before even the earth was even created. Where Satan was cast down out of, out of heaven. This is his domain. Satan lives, here. He, is, he is alive and he is well. His demons are alive and they're well. And they're seeking to devour someone. He says they're very patient, they're like a, like a lion. Uh... What sin does in our life is to devour us. He is the author of lies. And religion brings forth lies. It coats the truth to the point where people cannot understand or even go after the truth. We have got to stop allowing man to tell us what the truth of God is and allow the Holy Spirit to do his responsibility and that is to guide us into all that truth. Behold... I have given you authority to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemies and nothing will injure you. Can you imagine being uh, one of Jesus' chosens that goes out and has all this authority and, and if this one you live, you, you, you die, uh, you, you can regain your sight, you walk again. Wouldn't that be amazing to see all of that? We don't get to see all that. But see what happened to these people. 
He says, they come back rejoicing. Man, look at us. Look what we do. Man, look what we do for Jesus. Man, we're casting out the demons. Have you ever cast out a demon? Man, what a work. Man, they were just, they were just beside themselves. Prideful and arrogant. Man, the joy. Look what we can do. And look what Jesus, he, he kind of rewrites this whole thing for them. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. But rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. We're, celebra- we're celebrating the wrong birthday, folks. We're, we're celebrating the wrong birthday. It's our spiritual birth. We've been born again. That's what we celebrate. And you know how you celebrate that? Because every Sunday you come in here and every opportunity you have to worship and sing praises to holy God, that's how you celebrate your birthday. Religion has missed this. And people don't understand this. That's why they come in just to fill a pew on Christmas or Easter or whenever time is fitting when it doesn't mess with their schedule, when they don't have something else that's more important, well, then we'll just kind of show up and maybe God, maybe that'll make God happy. Nothing makes God happy except Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ is in you through the, through the impregnation of the Holy Spirit, don't rejoice in what you're doing for God. Rejoice if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And the only way he writes it there is if the Spirit of God lives in you. Let's look at 1 John 3, 4 through 10. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. He appeared to take away sins. He appeared to take away sins. He appeared to take away sins from your life. You can't do that. You can't repent. If you could repent, then why would Jesus need to come and die on a cross? We tried that repentance thing one time. We tried that one time to follow all of God's laws, and that was in the first covenant. See, he wrote out for the, for the children of Israel, this is what you've got to do. You've got to do this, 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 you've got to do this. Just like religion, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. Guess what? You fail. Like I told a lady this week, you can, you can turn, over, turn over a new leaf and do a lot of good things, but unless you've got a new tree, you're in trouble. He's, he's the vine, I'm the branch. He grafted me into the tree of holiness. It's about the holiness of God that matters. You're to be holy as he is holy. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. What does that mean? When you're born again, you become a new creature. See, this flesh is just a vehicle by which you get through life. It has a nature that it was born with. And that nature dictates what you and I see is in the flesh. 
But when you're born again, you become a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. You don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have the mind of Christ. You now have the heart of God, the mind of Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit to now live out this new creature that's in you. See, it's not taught. Huh? It's, what, what's taught is to oh, go, go to on a mission trip or, or teach a Sunday school class or go do something like that. This is not what he's talking about. He's talking about living a holy life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you live and you walk above and you walk in the Spirit, you cannot carry out the desires of the flesh. Our problem is we still want to carry out the desires of the flesh. The flesh is weak. Huh? The Spirit is strong, but the flesh is weak. So we give in to the flesh. And this is why he's trying to tell us. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. That means you can be deceived. See, there are people in here right now that don't think they can be received. Deceived. They don't think, they, they don't think, they, they don't think there's any way because they teach a Sunday school class or they preach a sermon or, or, or whatever they do. They say, there's no way I can be deceived. You know how many times the Bible warns us as children of God, don't be deceived? It's because you can be deceived. And what? Guess what? Through religion, we've all been deceived. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteousness. And we're talking about the righteousness of God, not the righteousness of man. Not the righteousness of the church, but the righteousness of holy God, which is different than the righteousness of the world. See, we were born when, we, when, when Eve ate from that tree, okay, that fruit. That, that, you know what that tree was? The knowledge of what? Good and evil. So you are born with a nature to know good and evil, but you don't know holiness. So therefore, man can have their own righteousness and be good. But it's a fleshly righteousness, not the righteousness of God that this is talking about. God does things not based on emotions or how, they, how he feels. He only bases what he does on his holiness. And his actions come from his holiness. And that is the only reason why the babe was sent. Because of his holiness. No one who practices sin, the one who practices sin is of the devil. The devil has sinned from the beginning. So as you continue to come in here time after time and you're not being matured up by the Holy Spirit, you're not growing, you're dying. When does that light go off and says, you know what? Jesus is here. I must present myself before him as a holy living sacrifice to worship through his name, holy God, who saves me from his wrath. When does that light go off? Why are we the same this year as we were last year? This Christmas as we were last Christmas. Why is there nothing different in our lives except we're more busy for God instead of having the character of God? That the fruits of the Spirit are growing in us. That people begin to see the light so that you can be the light of a world. To enlighten them what's going to happen. I'm just telling you truth here this morning. I'm trying to enlighten you on what is happening in our world. In our own lives. And how we've been deceived by man.
The one who practiced sin is of the devil, and the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin. You can't be comfortable where you're at ever with the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ because we're unholy. Until we reach that state of holiness, we should never be comfortable. But religion says, oh, you've gone on a mission trip. Let's pat you on the back. Let's bring you up front. Oh, boom, boom. And then, you know, they go out and do whatever they want to do, and they live their life any way they want. You don't have women that are submitting to their husbands. You don't have uh, men that are submitting to God in their, and leading their families like they're supposed to. So you don't have all these commandments. You don't, we don't turn the other cheek. We don't go the extra mile. We don't do all those commandments that God tells us to do. We just want to pick on people. Instead of being the light that we're called to be. From the love of God that he's given us. And tell you what, until you experience this new birth, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. If you're just religious, you'll get angry about it because, and you'll be defensive. Because you're trying to defend your eternity instead of allowing God to save you. The one who is born of God practices, is born of God, uh, no one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him. The only way you get the seed abiding in you is to be born again. And if you're not born again, you're not a child of God. And he cannot sin because he's born, because he's born of God. See, the flesh always doesn't show that. But that's why we didn't get to the next part unless you want me to keep on preaching. Where Paul says, why do I do the things that I don't want to do and why do I do the things why don't I do the things that I should do and he says oh wretched man that I am who will deliver me from this state of being that I am and he remembers thank God for Jesus Christ our salvation is based upon one principle only and one principle only and one principle only have you been born again and if you're not born again you're going to die and go to hell I don't care how religious you are I don't care how many times you've been baptized. I don't care how many mission trips you've been on. If the Spirit of God does not bear witness with your spirit, you're going to die and go to hell. And as a preacher, that's my responsibility to tell everyone who sits uh, in these pews is that God is the one that determines when you're saved. You don't, and man doesn't.